as we continue our celebration of Black History Month, I want to talk about some of the churches that were instrumental in the founding of the civil rights movement and uh, the black experience in North America. This is the first African Baptist church in Savannah, Georgia. Let me tell you why this church is significant. In South Carolina, it was against the law for slaves to gather in large groups, even if that gathering was for worship. So they went across the Savannah River to Savannah, Georgia. And there they founded the first African Baptist church. They found a plot of land that another church owned. The church said, yes, we will sell you the land for $1,500, which in those days was a huge amount of money. Not only that, but they demanded the $1,500 in six months. Now, where were slaves going to get $1,500 in six months? You know where they got it? You see, each of those slaves had a little fund. If they got paid extra for a job, if they hired themselves out for another piece of work, and they got paid for that, they would save that money, and they saved every dime, every nickel, every penny they could, so they could buy their own freedom. Every slave had a little stash. The slaves took the money that they were saving to buy their own freedom and paid for that church. I want you to think about that. Hearing the demand of the owners of the land, this land is $1,500. You have six months to pay it. And every one of those slaves making the decision to go back to their shack, move the brick or the rock where they were hiding their little box of money and reaching in that box and grabbing the money that was supposed to pay for their freedom and giving it to the church to pay for the church. Now, maybe they didn't give it all. But what they did give, it represented months of slavery sometimes years of slavery that they were willing to endure to pay for that church. It is a challenge to us today to think about the sacrifices that you and I are willing to make so that our church in 21st century North America can indeed be free. We're grateful for our African-American brothers and sisters and for the deep truths and lessons that they continue to teach us about the glory and grace of the God that we serve together. Enjoy, learn from, prayerfully consider the great truths that we're finding in Black History Month. One of the troubles of traveling is you have to exchange currencies. If you're going to go to any different country, 
travel to Europe or Asia or somewhere. You have to go somewhere and exchange American dollars for the currency of the nation you're going into. Now, you may go into that nation with thousands of dollars, but if you don't have that nation's currency, you can't do business. Many of us don't realize that when we became followers of Jesus Christ, we became citizens of a different kingdom, the kingdom of God. And I know we walk around with dollars of all, all kinds of numbers in our pockets, but that's not the currency of the kingdom. If you want to do business in the kingdom of God, you have to be sure that you exchange your currency. So we find out in a parable told by Jesus, the parable that we have titled The Rich Young Fool. Here's the story. Someone from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Friend, Jesus said to him, who appointed me a judge or arbitrator over you? He then told them, watch out and be on guard against all greed because one's life is not in the abundance of his possessions. Then he told them a parable. A rich man's land was very productive. He thought to himself, what should I do since I don't have anywhere to store my crops? I will do this, he said. I'll tear down my barns, and I'll build bigger ones, and I'll store all my grain and my goods there. Then I'll say to myself, self, you have many goods stored up for many years. Take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is demanded of you. And all the things that you have prepared, whose will they be? This is how it is with one who, is, who stores up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. This is how it is with one who stores up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it. Believe it and live. Let's pray together. We live in a world that thrives on commerce, goods and services being bought and sold, money being changed from hand to hand. But we pray in all of this hustle and bustle that we store up treasures with you in the kingdom so we can do the business of the kingdom that lasts. And we pray this in your name. Amen. First, let's deal with some assumptions that we all make when we read this parable. The parable doesn't condemn riches. It doesn't say anything about this man was wrong to have productive land or that he was wrong to have a lot of barns or a lot uh, of, of money. It doesn't say any of that. 
What it does warn against is greed. This, this craving to have more and to get it all so that you're never satisfied even when you have enough. It is the love of money that is evil, not money. Money is neutral. It is neither good nor bad. It is simply how we spend it that determines its value. So riches aren't condemned. Money's not condemned. Second, we're not told that the man dies. The other word in a lot of the other translations is tonight your soul is required of you. Does it say that he died? We always assume that he died. Doesn't exactly say that. What could have happened would have been something much worse. The man's soul died, but he wouldn't. You know people like that, don't you? And they may be fabulously successful but they are empty as human beings. Uh, They may be famous and rich, but they don't have anything inside of them. Have you noticed how many zombie movies we have now? How many television shows we have about zombies now? Everything is a zombie. The return of the zombies, the leaving of the zombies, the, the tall zombies, the short zombies, everything is about zombies. Why? Because that's how we feel. We resonate with the stories of the living dead. We go through the motions. We get up. We go through our day. But there's no living to it. Somewhere along the line, we have lost our soul. What good does it do? Jesus asked, if you gain the whole world, and lose your soul. You know people like that, don't you? Zombies. You may feel like that. Zombie. Somewhere along the line, we lost our soul. What is condemned? God calls this man a fool. Now, the word fool is not slang in the Bible. It is a a very particular type of person. It is a person who doesn't understand life nor God's purposes in life. Uh, In Proverbs, you see this mentioned all the time. A fool uh, does this or does that. A fool will not learn lessons. A fool will not pay attention to wisdom. Uh, a fool will not uh, will, will be beaten and still not understand what is right and what is wrong. But there's this one particular phrase in the Bible where it says this, a fool has said in his heart, there is no God. A fool has said in his heart, there is no God. This man wasn't accountable to anybody. This man didn't answer to anybody. Notice what's missing from the story. There's no celebration of the man's success. 
there's no generosity. There's no thanksgiving. There's no praise. There's no sharing of his bounty. In fact, Jesus goes out, out of his way to tell us it was the man's land that was productive, not the man. <laughs> Did you see that? We get the feeling that this guy was kind of lucky, as it were, even lazy, but his land was productive. His land did all the work, and this guy takes all the credit. He's going to build more barns to take care of all of his stuff. It's all about his stuff. It's all about him. The only conversation he has in, this, in the story is a conversation about himself, to himself. No one else even exists in the story. Self, you have it made. Self, you have more than you'll ever need. Self, eat, drink, enjoy your life. Self, this is wonderful. Build more barns. No conversation with God. No conversation with with the father going, hey, you have been very generous to me. What do I need to do with the abundance? What do I need to do with the overproduction of my land? How do I need to help my brothers and sisters? How do I need to show my gratitude to you? There is not one word of that. This guy, he's just going to live his life with no thought of anything else. And God says, you are a fool. You have said in your heart, there is no God. Now we're going to see who spends your money. Ecclesiastes says, you really don't need to work all that hard and save all that much money because when you die, your children spend it anyway. This man would never enjoy his celebration, his production. He would never enjoy all that he had. Why? Because for him, it was always about more. I'll build more barns. I'll have more crops. I'll have more wealth. He's not ever going to enjoy it. He's not ever going to share it. He's always going to be working on getting more but it's more of something that he can't use. It's the wrong currency. It's not the currency of the kingdom of God. Did you see what Jesus said at the end? When he gave the lesson that he wanted everybody to hear, this is how it is with someone who is, puts up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. The shame of this, the embarrassment of this, the failure of this man, is that he wasn't rich toward God. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where rust will corrode and moths will eat. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where they'll last forever. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Remember how the story began? Jesus, tell, this, tell my brother 
to split the inheritance with me. In those days, the older son would have received most of the inheritance with the other being split off between the mother and the other children. But how generous the son had to be, well, son, that was always a matter of arbitration. That was always a matter of argument. But notice what the man wanted. Tell my brother to give me my part of the inheritance. <laughs> Reminds you of another parable, doesn't it? Yeah, the story of the prodigal son who demanded his inheritance before his father was even dead. Now notice what has been set up. You have a man here who's demanding of Jesus, tell my brother to give me what is mine, my part of the inheritance. And Jesus, the Son of God, is right in front of him with an inheritance from his heavenly Father that this man will not ever have to share. That inheritance is all his. Remember what the father told the older brother? Don't you know, my son, everything I have is yours. Tell my father to split up the inheritance. And Jesus is there. Your greed is getting in your way of you seeing what really matters. Having currency to do business in the kingdom of God. We always get excited about how beautiful heaven is, and we go through great lengths to make sure we have the description accurate. There are uh, gates of pearl, and there are walls of jade, and there are streets of gold. And we always sing these great old gospel songs about walking on streets of gold. Have you ever really thought about that? What is it going to be like to walk on streets of gold and you are there walking with Jesus? The other saints, and you're saying, this is the most beautiful city I've ever seen. These golden streets are beyond description. And Jesus will shrug his shoulders and say, yeah, we had to do something with it. So we paved streets with it. Why? Because gold isn't the currency of heaven. Gold isn't what you spend in heaven. No one puts asphalt in their safes on earth. We pave our parking lots with it. We pave our streets with it. That's what asphalt is good for. But you don't save it. You don't pile it up and hope it will gain value. You can't spend it. In heaven, gold is like asphalt. You can't spend it. You pave streets with it. It is love that is the currency of heaven. Grace is what we spend. Because love and grace is what the Father has invested in us. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. For where your treasure is, your heart will be there too. When you come to the kingdom of God, 
Make sure you have the right currency. Make sure you can do business in the kingdom of God. We're going to continue our worship. And as we do, here's what I want you to do. I want you to check your accounts. You know, your bank always sends you an account every month and says, hey, here's the money you spent. Here's the money you, you deposited. Here's how much money you have left. Check your accounts, where you invest, what you want, where you put things that matter to you. Are you financially secure? Are you rich? Well, depends. If you're rich toward God, what about that account? Have you got the currency you need for the kingdom of God. As we continue to worship, check those accounts. Let's pray together. Lord, make us rich toward you. Give us a hunger and a desire for you and all you desire. And we pray this in your name.